This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This podcast is sponsored by Regatta Outdoors. It's a glorious spring day and you're heading out on a walk. What do you bring with you? A paper map? Plenty of snacks? Well, of course they're important, but any seasoned hiker will tell you that footwear is the first thing to consider. Whether you prefer relaxed rambles or challenging summits, comfortable and reliable shoes are essential. Regatta has waterproof and breathable footwear for the whole family, for every outdoor occasion. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the nature and countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. And this is the very last episode in our season devoted to the wild wonders of water. So we have to go back in time a little bit to last autumn, when I was invited by my podcast colleague Hannah Tribe to walk the length of a secretive river valley near her family home in Gower. And so we wandered through the woods along the stream all the way to the sea. As well as being one of the voices of the podcast, Hannah is also a trained potter and ceramicist. And she was very keen to show me some of the amazing fragments of china and pottery that can be found in the stream. And she revealed some of their fascinating histories. Our walk turned into a really fun treasure hunt. Plus, to my surprise and delight, we encountered a bird that I hadn't seen for many a long year. Later, I'm joined by the podcast team, Hannah and Jack, to talk about listeners' letters and reveal a very special sound of the week. This is the sound of a little stream that trickles its way from, where does it come from? Central, the central highland of Gower, and then down to, there's like a spine that runs along the middle of the peninsula, isn't it? You're the expert. Not by any means am I the expert. Um, the good news is that I looked on a map and it definitely comes down from this I, So I think the, the stream is sort of a soak from the surrounding marshlands and common lands. Oh, okay. So I, I don't think that it comes from a particularly high place. It's just that there is um, a lot of shale and things that are um, conduits to it coming down. So it sort of absorbs it up, up there. It is a yeah. bit higher. Than yes, it is. Because okay, we're in the middle of the valley. 
Okay, yes. <laughs> I wondered why it was high on the other side of us. Um, it's very beautiful and clean. It looks clear. So it's called the... Well, it's called... It's called the Bishopston Stream by residents at the moment. Yeah. But previously, it was known as the Cretan or the Gritten, which it got corrupted to by the kind of the accents around here, which so are very Cretan. earthy. Cretan, how do you spell that? So, C-R-E-T-E-N. Okay. Meaning, um, so from Cretana or Cretina, meaning a sudden flood or torrent of water. Or same Cretana or Cretan. Cretina um, could be a Latinized form of an old English or Anglo-Saxon word, Cretan. <laughs> Anglo-Saxons in Wales. Well, That's this bad. is not a very Welsh part of Wales no. because it's we're connected to North Devon rather than to the mainland because we're on a peninsula, it's all coastal, so all the traffic went kind of that way rather than up. I've never thought of it like that. So the sea was a better way of getting yeah. stuff around. Okay, so... Lots of Cretans. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and no, they're, they're, they're the Anglo-Saxons. Um, so here's a still a bit of the... Yeah, it's reduced quite a lot from where we just were. So is it quite stormy and full of tumble... Well, Cretans, as it was saying. What was it? A rush of Sudden stormy torrent. water. Yeah. So the, the, when the stream is over the ford by the church people would say the Gritton is up oh. so it's up because it's not running underneath in all the caves and underground stuff so it's, it's very much a t- like a responding to the amount of rainfall in a particular season week I feel we ought to get down to the water and just turn over a rock it's China it's China so why are there lots of bits of China here because people it's like part of people's rubbish in the olden days. So this so was if just you broke a, a cart that just went out with the pig chuck, slop. And chuck it in the gritten. gritten. Well, <laughs> I think it's probably people have been using waste tips to reinforce banks and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's a pretty piece. So that's yeah. sort of sky blue. Well, lots of shades of blue. It's stripe. It's sort of like a Cornish ware with the blue stripe. That's amazing. With a bit <laughs> of... Um, Brown glass. Brown glass, yeah, sea, not quite sea glass. Still but quite sharp. No beer bottle. It's that lovely sort of amber. Mm. Gosh, there's treasure along here. You don't have to go very far to find this stuff, but you do have to be. Because oh, I would have missed that. You've got your I've treasure got, eyes. Yeah, I've got China eyes and you've got fish eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help that, Governor. I'm full <laughs> with them. Oh. What's this? Would make a metal detector go nuts. I think it's actually wood. What? It doesn't feel heavy enough to no. be made of metal. You're right. It wouldn't make a metal detector go nuts. <laughs> there is a. There's a. It's almost like the top of that bottle. I oh, know it's clear. It's nice though. Sort of matte because it's been. I'm loving this treasure hunting. <laughs> this is one There's going to be a lot of that. I love it. And also the. Um, the, f- the more fierce the water's been, the more new stuff you end up So it's like Lyme Regis, but on small scale yes. and more modern. It's not really like Lyme Regis, but it's... <laughs> it's a bit... You yeah. need, you it's, need some, it's a bit modern of... modern history rather than... Yeah. 
dinosaurs. And you need a bit of weather to bring a fresh fall of Aha, treasure. That's a nice bit. Oh, that's lovely. So that's... That looks like a tile, I would say. Very flat floor tile. Mm. But it's got some... A sharp um, corner on it, something. Yeah. It's a right angle, isn't it? This, I think, is probably... There's white, white lines with a tiny dot, and I think it's probably slip decorated. So that's another... So slip is what a concoction of sort of watery plates. Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah. So this is white on top of sort of a very pale terracotta. Wow. And that's a really, really old way of decorating. Gosh, I'm really excited. There are so many. I'm going to let you do it. Do the treasure hunting. I really want to reach into the water and grab a stone. Do it. How cold is it? I didn't actually notice. I don't think it's that cold. No, not too, not too bad. I mean, icy, but not unpleasant. I didn't go numb. You would if you were in the yeah, I think if I waded in. There are some little bits of life underneath here. Another bit of tile. Another bit of tile. Oh, that's lovely. Has that got a pattern on it then? Or is it just mud? No, it's just um, crazed because it's old. But you can see on the back there's a sort of slightly raised pattern. Sorry, I was uh, getting <laughs> getting okay. obsessed with some caddis fly. Boring about China. No, no. No such word as boring on a in the pod, podcast. Oh, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. Okay. <laughs> boring three stars. <laughs> this is our favourite review. Um, that's great. That's lovely. Yeah. That's I like. Ah. I want to find one now. I found a big black plastic bag. This is great. Could you do this on any stream, do you think? Yeah. Or is it mainly if it's flowed through a town or helps? I mean, if it's somewhere near habitation, then yes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But then people sometimes um, fill up the river ba- riverbeds with spoil from building sites. And you'll end up with the same kind of mix of glass and pottery. It might be more modern, but it's still interesting. Um. That was a rich little area there. I don't think I've got my eyes in at all, but I'm relying on you to. Sure we'll oh. Something's been sitting here and eating acorns. Yeah, oh, I was hoping it'd be something more exciting. Well, but, we've always had yeah. But it's a little stone by the river where lots of little shards of acorn. So clearly, it's a favourite place. There's a nut hatch up there. Just above us, somewhere. sunlight coming through these very wintry looking trees covered in moss hanging over the little stream in this tiny little do you call it a cum a glen cum yeah cum is um, Welsh for valley Valley, 
and it's really it's really peaceful. So there's, there's a flock of tits moving through the trees. Okay, here a marsh tit, but I, that's just a fantasy. Um, I like the way there's these little sheer bits of rock coming out. Gives gives it a bit of drama. Some of the marsh tip, let's see. Is it the sort of place? Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a marsh tip. I'm it's got the right colouring. Sort of buff. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a marsh tip. How exciting. Little black hat. Yeah. And buff body. Your eyes are probably better than mine. Yeah, that's it. Definitely not a um, coal tip. Much bigger than a coal tip, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Sort of somewhere yeah. in between a great tit and a long tail tit, in that it's sort of yeah. great tit sized but long tail tit coloured. I'm never convinced, but it is bigger than a coal tip. Definitely, it's huge. Two magpies, which is really good news. What is. One for sorrow, two for joy. Excellent, good. Do not do that. A good omen. It's an important part of every podcast to see two. <laughs> two is good. That's, that's brilliant to see a marsh tit. We've only been out five minutes. Oh. It's funny, I just felt the sound was different to really noisy nut hatches. Yeah, there. Yeah. there it is, yeah. A sort of fly without a tail. Mm. Very streamlined, pointy. Mm. The kingfisher of the woods is the cliche we keep, <laughs> we keep using in, uh, in, the, in the magazine. Wow, they're chatting to each other. It's like gossiping. Two big gulls go over. It's a really lovely spot here because the sun, I think, is bringing any sort of insect life out and all the birds are coming to. Have you seen a marsh tip before in your life? I haven't, no. It's going to go down in my book. There we go, right on your doorstep. It's exciting. That is really cool. <laughs> this is a perfect woodland for them, actually. Sort of old and characterful with a bit of water. But they're not, they don't really, they're not really found in marshes. Why are they called marsh tits then? It's like willow tits, they're not really found in willow. Well, they can be, they can be, but they're not. Or, um, willow tits? No, uh, willow, willow warblers. That's oh. the, yeah, there's, there's a whole load of them which sort of garden warblers aren't found in gardens. <laughs> no. I mean, that's the most ridiculous name. I bet that must be a corruption from some Anglo Saxon that means really hard to find. <laughs> Garaldana well, warbler. It means hard to find and lost in the wilds. Oh, it was one mag oh, two magpies. Two, there we go, two more joys. Although, if, if we count up to four, that's four for a boy. Three Doesn't for a girl. Doesn't have to be at the same time. Well, this is a big point of conjecture about magpies. Do you, do you reset after each sighting? I would sighting? reset, personally. Okay, so that's back to two for joy then. Except double joy. Yeah. Well, I think it resets the joy, so we've had some joy, and now we're going to have some more. <laughs> have some more. There's something up there as well, very, very high up. 
in this tall yeah. ivy clad tree. I think it was just a tip there. Okay, so um, hide my tail. Yeah, it's funny. Winter, normally really, I think of it as totally silent for birds, but there's so much bird noise here. I can't really call it song. Do you think they're stocking up for winter? Yeah, just foraging all the time at the moment, yeah. All that ivy up there would be full of little spiders and little creatures that thought they got away with it. <laughs> and then a party of woodlice. hungry marsh tits comes in. Yeah, woodlice, they go down a tree. Like prawns, yeah. prawns of the wood. The We've got kingfishers of the wood. <laughs> There's some chattering goldfinches coming. It's like Piccadilly Circus. Yeah, ridiculous. This is where all Wales' birds have come. Can't find any near me. You've got them all. Oh no, it's a it's a grey wagtail. Oh yeah. I was wrong. That's much more interesting. Not that pied wagtails aren't interesting. That's a beautiful little bird. Just bobbing on a rock by the stream. And more yellow. I would say that was an apricot. Apricot, nice. Sort of pinky peach. That's the um, marsh tits again. People say it's like a sneeze. It kind of goes. It's a really beautiful spot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the uh, you're the guide. You're the local. Interesting. Um, yeah. Keep this near you, but within two two meters distant. So this is really strange. Disappearing. Disappearing river, stream. So what's happened here? There's a big bank of limestone leaning out over the, literally the, what was a gushing stream, just fades away into the rock. I'm surrounded by ferns. This is a big kind of cliff face, an overhang of craggy, mossy limestone. And it's all wet, but the river has just, what's happened to it, Hannah? It's gone our... underground. Oh. But it's going to come out again. Okay. So we're going to follow what is... But it looks like the river bed is obviously yeah, some... Yeah, that's the path now. That's where we're going to go. Okay. How bizarre. So we're going to walk down the stony bed of the stream. Yes, it's quite rough underfoot, but we'll be all right. It's a bit weird, though, that the stream has decided to just... It's just found a hole in the limestone. Yeah. I mean, that's how it came up in the first place. You can find the hole, appears, comes out... So it's left its again. stream bed high and dry. And we'll um, go past a place called the Guzzle Hole. And you'll be able to hear it running underground. Oh, it's a floor tile. Massive floor tile. I couldn't miss that. That's amazing. That's a proper quarry tile. Well, there's more stuff here. This has got a That's a marmalade pot. Is it? Yeah. Oh, like, so, um, oh, what's that famous maker? James... Keeler? Oh, that's James it, Keeler, yes. It's not his, though. Dundee Marmalade. Hey. <laughs> I won't be keeping that in. Just for this another. That's it. Limpet? No. no. 
No. Cockle. Cockle, oh yes. And that makes sense to be in the rubbish. So people ate a lot of cockles. Yeah. Gower people survived on cockles. We did. And lava bread. Lava bread, yes. And smuggling. <laughs> Brandy, lava bread and cockles. <laughs> it's a, enough to give you indigestion. Um, is there... So we're on the... I'm struggling. Are we on the south side of Gower? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, at the bottom. The bottom of Gower, that's the better way to say it, because <laughs> then you can't get it wrong. <laughs> um, but all the cockle and lava bread stuff is the, it's stuff, on the, the, the industry. On the north, yeah. Because that's, that's where the estuary is. So it's more silty and kind of. Much more flat. So up here it's more limestoney, craggy, coasty, whereas mm. up there it's all sort of smooth and salt marshy. Okay, it's totally different characters, north and south gal. We should go up to the north at some stage. I found another. Oh, that is... You find the good stuff. Yeah, well, I've got my eyes in for blue now. That is lovely. So that is... It's got like a... I mean, it could be anything, but it's... Willow pattern. <laughs> it's a floral pattern on it. Yeah, and it's a... It's transferware, so it's not hand-painted. It's who? It's transferware. So how does that work? The pattern is is printed onto tissue paper. It's sort of with a sort of cobalt mix. That's what makes it blue. And the tissue paper is applied to the biscuit-fired bodies. Boring, boring bits. <laughs> and found, found two boring bits. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, and it's fired on. And the tissue paper disappears in the kiln, and the cobalt is left behind in the pattern. And the because cobalt isn't stable, the more blurred the image is, the older the piece you found is. But we can see quite a few tiny little points. You see them? Oh so I really love that. You can have that one. No, no, you have to have it. I can't take it. I know you how much you treasure my pockets. <clears throat> so what is? This is. What is that? It's like. Oh, a, that's nice. It's like it's got. Oh, it's, that's old. Um, so describe it's like a, it looks like wood. It's got a kind of got a wood texture in it, but it's clearly ceramic. Yes, I. So it's a. It's got a brown body. So it's not like a a white um, bone china or anything trying to replicate it. So old ish. And it's why, why is that stroky. old? Just because they didn't have the techniques to yes. make it. So um, when imports of porcelain came from China in the 19th century, I'm really terrible with dates, but when that happened, there was a massive craze for the white stuff because yeah. it was so unlike anything they'd ever seen before because it had all been sort of brown clay. So earthenware earth, earth type stuff. Yes. Yeah. Where, which um, has had a sort of revival when people were yeah, sort of... Yeah, well, it happened in the 70s. Oh. Um, people, like, finding the earth again. And <laughs> the 70s stuff is obviously coming back a lot now. So brown pots are in. Just drop it. So what... Um... That looks like a magnesium oxide. That's what's given it that kind of deep... Would that be naturally, naturally occurring in the clay? No. So you'd add that yeah. while firing? 
all while making it. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's a glaze right, okay. sort of I'm thing. I'm literally starting from cold. On, on this, I know, and so it's really hard to explain because I no, don't no, no, like. You're doing I don't a know job, and I, everything. I can't explain it from well, the I'm, beginning. But I, it, it's like enlightening to hear the stuff which I would have kind of probably tossed away again. But you're telling a story about each piece, which is just, which is lovely. It's got that kind of um, really clear coloured, almost glassy glaze that you get with a lot of Victorian stuff. It tends to be green Victorian tiles. Oh. It's got that quality. So what have I found here? I I'm, right, I'm well into this oh now. Oh my goodness. I think I found another piece of it, but I dropped it because it's... This is something else again. Oh, here, here's I think piece. that's just white and it happens to have aged. Right, so it's sort of white china... Well, not China, what would you call this? Just por- ceramic? Uh, Porcelain? Yeah, I mean, China is a, a word that's used for a lot of stuff. because It's got brown it streaks on it. I think that's, I think that's from aged. I don't think that that is a design. I think it's just the way that the sort of silt and mud and stuff has got under the surface of the glaze. It's an amazing amount of it here. Yeah. It's hard to know whether it's come from the the stream or whether it's been dumped here. There's a lot of just white stuff which... Yeah, can't get can't can't the white stuff. Do you want to take that? Maybe. So that's like a big earthenware pot? That's all... It feels sort of um, like industrial rather than domestic. So this is a chunk of... Um, it's sort of terracotta coloured on one side. It's quite big, it's probably... 10 centimetres by 8 centimetres and it's very distinctively glazed on the outside is that a glaze? It's mm, oh, you, so I'm sort of like guessing No, no it's like fine, you can, you can guess Reaching into the fog I think it has got a glaze on it, yes but it's not very much, so it's not a big glassy layer it's sort of a thin almost matte covering this is the kind of stuff that um, Victorian uh, sewage works are made from, the pipes. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> so that's how Dalton first started well, making... As, uh, making sewage pipes? Yeah. And, like, Dalton, more sort of... The, yeah, Dalton, the, the Dalton. The famous... Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's got that sort of... Lovely. ...stony... Yeah. Nice piece. Part of the river riverbed now. So that's got. Has that got a heart on it? Yeah. So that's hand painted. That's not transferware, although it is cobalt. But two distinct brush can I, marks. Can I keep that one? You can keep that one. That's really special. That would go in my treasure treasure trove. I think it probably was white once, yeah, and so it's, it's just aged. So it's gone to a sort of. Marsh tit beige yes, buff, almost certainly with a with a heart on it. That's lovely. Wow. Oh, that's polystyrene. <laughs> <laughs> this does happen. Yeah. And yogurt pots also. Yoldy polystyrene from ah uh, yes, the Norman period. <laughs> this is a nice thing. Oh, look, gosh. So it's a lovely piece of glass with a really delicate neck. But it's also huge. Like it's definitely not a bottle. No. It's almost like a jar. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, this is old. 
not like super old, but oh, so like it's brown. Yes. Terracotta, you can see mm. on that side it's really, really Lovely red. Lovely colour, and in the sun it really glows. And you flip it over, it's much darker. Again, it's sort of that magnesium-y brown glaze, but it's mm. oxidised, so in the right light it's got rainbows across the, the surface. See? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a sort of... It's like that oily kind of... Mm. Um, Almost everything. Everywhere you look, there's something of... As soon as you start, you... Yeah. That's, um... Feels like sort of Bakelite. Oh, yeah. Is it? Is that, is that what you call it? Bakelite, that kind of plasticky... Yeah. But it's also sort of chipped in a ceramic -y way, and it's got an interesting mould. Oh, that's a weird thing. What an absolute treasure trove in just a little funny... Well, not a funny street, it's just a... You wouldn't know all this stuff is here. This is also how you find out about places. Is that a bit of a pipe? I don't know what it is. It's a cylindrical object. With a hole it through the It looks like a very tiny piece of a cigar. But does it oh, whistle on our Oh Yeah, I just <laughs> stop myself. So now we've, we've actually arrived. Suddenly we're high above the water. There's some really... This is beautiful. This tumbling grotto of stones here. What's that for? No, just jackdaws. This is kind of like a... It's like a massive hole. Um, how would I describe this? Like an amphitheatre carved by the river. Now we're quite high up above the dry stream bed, but high above us still is this cliff. And it's all covered in ferns and mosses and... Can we get down? Yeah. Let's do it. So clambering down mossy boulders into this pit. It's really heavy with moss. This isn't your sort of average moss. This is proper beardy with tendrils of it on these rocks. So we're down in the middle of the pit. Very storm days, there would be water in here. We're sort of tired by the. I imagine you can see it would have swirled. Oh my! Is that a. It is a fish. It looks like a decoy. That's a real fish. Wow, it's not like a real fish. It's not long dead either. What is that doing here? That's the strangest thing, it's a little. I think that's a brown trout. It's I am absolutely mystified why there is a fish in a dry, on a, a freshly dead fish in a dried up river. Could have been dropped here. I mean, it's got rigor mortis. That must be it. And it's only 15 centimetres long. I can't believe that. It's perfect. Mouth open, you can see its little tiny teeth. You couldn't eat it, it's not that fresh, but it's certainly not decayed. And it hasn't been packed or chewed no. or anything. There's no sign of it having been grabbed by anything. If there were more, then it would be like a natural disaster. So, basically, to set the scene, it's a dry riverbed in a deep pit of rock. And there's a dead fish. 
Oh, that will never solve that, but it must have been dropped by a bit. There's no way it could have swum here. Because if it had just if it'd been stranded, it would have rotted. Because it looks like it hasn't been watered down here for quite a while. It's got a spellbinding place, isn't it's it? It's almost like Indiana Jonesy. Yeah. So high. Yeah, it's covered in great strands of ivy. And trees at the top. Some are sort of clinging onto the tops of the cracks and leaning over us. Is it apple? Apple. How did that get here? <laughs> well, how did it get here? Well, I can imagine that might have fallen off a tree up the top or something. Only one, though. True. This is the pit of mysteries. What? Maybe someone has left us some... What's that? Is that a... Like a pumpkin? A tomato. Oh. It's a sort of a hollowed-out tomato. <laughs> There's some... It's very boggy, actually. quite slimy. What's that? That bottle. we better keep going, otherwise we're not going to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's scramble back up. But it was worth coming down, because that is going to be one of the big... How does a dead fish get into this place? So this is a very curious landscape, walking along the mossy, bouldery dry riverbed. Lots of huge angular pieces of limestone that would have lined the bottom of the riverbed. Has the valley sort of opened out a bit more now? We're yeah. right at the bottom and it's more of a U-shape than a V. Are we near the sea now? No. Are we miles away? Yeah. Oh my goodness, we've got to get a move on. <laughs> it's a long way. Oh, right. Okay. So that's the sound of the river returning from the depths. Nice to see you again. So, what? There's this, a roar of water. This, yeah, this is Guzzle Hole. Oh, wow, what a... And it's a huge cave. But you can hear the sound of your water stream. Thunderous. So the vast majority of the water is still underground. Oh, we can go down. Great. Oh, this is a wild access, like proper cave. The limestone cave, it's really cold. What's it called? Guz, guzzle, guzzle hole. Or gut hole. Depends who you speak to. There's another... Well, that's a goldfinch, but there was a... There's a marsh tit, I think. A little speedy There. Is that? I think it is. I think it is. It's really close. a tit of some kind. There he is. No, it's a robin. It's here, it's here. There is on the, on the end of the... There, he's... Yeah. On the end of... He's got the sort of colouring of a nuthatch. I think that is a nuthatch, that one, yeah. That is a nuthatch. No, he's flying not like a nuthatch. No. Moving in a slightly odd way for a nuthatch. 
Than yeah, okay. So we've arrived out of the long walk through the valley and it was arduous but beautiful. It is quite difficult underfoot, but absolutely worth beautiful. It. Real atmosphere. Deep peace. Um, but then having come out of the wild there are, there's a house here, or maybe two houses. Why what, what, what houses. what's going on here? So this is the village of Pufti. Pusti. So P W L D U, which means in Welsh Blackpool. So <laughs> this is Blackpool. Blackpool, yeah. Okay. And it's actually named. How illuminating. Named after the pool that um, that's created by the river. So this beach is covered in pebbles. We're going through a puddle right now. Squirt, 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 squirt. And it kind of gathers all together, um, the river gathers together before it goes out onto the beach and into the sea. What a spot to have a, to live here. Yes. So these were, this was a, what did you say? It was Pubs, pub? yeah, public houses. Um, one is the ship and one is the Beaufort, but I can never remember which one's which. Um, because there was a lot of industry in this area there. On this um, right hand side of the beach was a limestone quarry. And that's why the beach is so pebbly, because all the pebbles are spoiled from the quarries. And all of that stuff would have been taken over right. to Devon. The neighbours. And here, the breakers crashing. How lovely. Okay, the sea. So we're in a cove, a rocky cove. This is a bay. A bay. This is a bay. Is it a bay? All right. Uh, okay. Feels too big to be a be, cove. Be like that. <laughs> um, it's very beautiful. It's half a dozen people on the beach. It's so there's a headland, well, a series of headlands. So that's Langland over there. The far headland. Yes. And you can sort of see Pachalbos. You see the white. One of my favourite places. <laughs> Some caves in the cliff here, and so yeah, sorry, the white thing is one of the chimney stacks. I think so, it. yeah. Different days that makes it different, like harder to see, easier to see. There's a long way. You can see almost all the way to Cardiff today. Wonderful. Um, what's the one up there? Blackbird. Probably a young girl. Anyway, um, should we have tea? Let's have tea. That's a good place for tea. Let's Somewhere nice and sheltered. Sheltered? Okay. Well, half sheltered. We need some wind. I'm in your hands, wherever's the most sort of beautiful one. It's all beautiful, that's all So this is Puth D. Puth. Did I not get it right? It sounded funny, but then. Okay, let's try again. Puth. 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 Followed this river, this stream, all the way, and here it is, disgorging itself into the sea. But it's not like it's well; it sort of comes out of a hole in the beach. It's not a straightforward. So, what's, what's happening here with this? So the, the river's come, the stream has come all the way down through the valley, and sort of collects behind the big bank of stones, and that's what creates the black pool, the pool of the. 
and depending on what the... This bank of stones, this yes. is natural bank. Yeah. No, this is from the um, limestone quarry on the other side of the beach. So all of these stones... But, but the bank itself was shaped by the sea? Yes. Or, right, so it's not a human-made bank. No. Um, and it's... Depending on what the weather has been like or what the tide is doing, the river takes a different course across the beach every day. So the last week I came down here and it was so fierce that I couldn't cross onto the main body of the beach. Whereas today we can easily it's just go a trickle. to the bank. Yeah, yeah just a trickle. Me. Yes. And so you can hear it giggling away as it comes out of the bottom of the bank. And behind here is this the pool, the, the black pool. I'd say it's a sort of dark green pool. <laughs> um, well, I haven't seen it when it's like the depths of winter and it's full of bracken and bits. And it becomes deep and dark. Deep and evil. It's the last curve of the stream. It goes under the bank and then disappears into the sea. We're just watching glittering sun on this beach. This is also the area that you don't want to swim in. Sometimes you accidentally find yourself in the extremely cold river water rather than the nice, delicious, salty yeah, water. Cold, fresh water. Thank you very much for taking me on this lovely adventure and for the treasure hunting. Thank you for coming. And it's goodbye from another podcast. And I can say thank you again to Hannah because she and Jack have joined me in the podcast studio for another roundup of fun things at the end of the podcast. Um, but Hannah, yes, thank you for showing me that brilliant little stream and all those kind of crazy treasures that you have down there. Have you been out treasure hunting since? I have actually. Yeah. I've got lots of little bits that I've collected from various hedgerows and muddy banks and stuff. Um, Winter is a really good time to be looking for bits of treasure because the, there's no ground cover. So all the little things that grow up in the spring, they have died back. So lots of bare earth means lots of areas to look for things. And I think we're just, now that spring is starting, just getting to the end of the time where it's really easy to find things. It was really fun. I've got to say that was, it was the most fun because I don't really look for kind of human made treasures that often. And just finding, I've started looking on the River Usk now and started finding little bits of patterned plate. And they're kind of cute. I've got a sort of wall, well, I say a shelf here, just covered in findings and little bits and pieces. So what's the best thing you've ever found, would you say? Oh, uh, my mum once found a super old shoe buckle which was amazing. It was the sort of thing you imagine being on like a pilgrim's shoe. It was that round oh, okay. round shoe buckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm always hoping that we're going to find the other one. <laughs> yeah, with with maybe with the, the shoe and a foot. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> and the other, I mean, the other amazing thing that we discovered was that, that curious fish, which... Um, fish. It was just sitting there, Jack. I'm, we're, I'm very sorry. We really missed you there because I'm sure you would have enjoyed the mystery fish saga. It's, this is sounding like your own sort of folklore tales now. Yeah, yeah. just making stuff up. Slander. <laughs> your homeland is a very beautiful part of the world. It is. I'm extremely lucky, and I forget how lucky I am because it's just there.
but yeah it's it's shaped everything that I am so it's great so that was recorded when we were allowed to meet uh which is really exciting back in the, in the old days and now it's spring obviously so many months later and we've all been in lockdown since then but the landscape's changing really fast so I just kind of, you know, an update on where things are. You've got loads of daffs in front of you, Hannah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Jack, have you been allowed out from your basement at all to to see? Oh, any? on my on my few minutes, I'm allowed out on a day. Uh, I have been out, and I think it's 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 sort of I feel weird this year that it seems to have just suddenly happened. It most years it's kind of a gradual thing, but this year it just suddenly went. The evenings got lighter. The flowers are sort of shot up. I know I have a, there's a bush in my garden and that sort of suddenly went from just a green nothing bush to suddenly having pink flowers all over it in what felt like a day or so. But I, I think it's just looking great out there at the moment. It, it is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I just had a walk um, today and the celandines just came out in the space of a couple of days and suddenly the bottoms of the hedgerows everywhere is just little yellow flowers. And bees are out and... I had my annual visit to not see a lesser spotted woodpecker, which is March apparently is the best time to hear one of Britain's rarest birds. And obviously they make a sort of woodpeckery hammering sound in spring, which you should be able to hear if they're any around. But I failed again. So if anyone ever would like to take me on a lesser spotted woodpecker walk, I buy you lunch for a week. <laughs> That's bribery. But yes, please, please take me on a less spotted woodpecker walk. I would love to record it and, and share that sound because it's very different from the woodpeckers that you were all familiar with. So I know everyone's dying to hear how my frog spawn is doing. If you listen to the previous episode, uh, I managed to pick up some frog spawn that was lying by the side of the road. Honest governor. And it just happened to be lying by the side of the road. And I picked it up, took it back to my pond and it has hatched into little tiny commas of little black commas and they're just all hanging to the frog spawn at the moment. So updates through the year on my tadpoles are doing. But yeah, so there's probably about two or 300 little tadpoles in my pond at the moment. I'm looking forward to the update where it's you have a frog problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hundreds of frogs. They're just all in the kitchen. All on the floor. Well, last year I put toads in the ponds, toad spawns. So there's going to be a, someone's going to have to take possession of the pond, whether it be the toads, because they've got a year's march on the frogs. But I think there's some sort of turf war. Yeah, the frog off. I need to do a corrections and clarifications segment for myself. Because oh. um, I realised I was listening back to the tape and I think I got overexcited and was talking about a magnesium oxide which is a ridiculous thing to have said because any school child knows if you put magnesium anywhere near a heat source you get a terrible explosion and what i meant was manganese, manganese. which makes a lovely lovely brown place yeah so spring's here um and obviously the post bag has arrived as well so we've actually had tons of um correspondence and sounds of the week sent in so Although this is the last episode in this current season, we are feeling quite tempted to just do a listener's sounds podcast at some stage between this and our next season. So listen up for that. But Hannah, you look ready to deliver the post. I've got a letter here from Liddy, Liddy Pinfold. And she says, hello, team. Thoroughly enjoyed listening to the recent folklore episode. 
I have heard some of the folklore tales near where I live, the flatlands on the Lincolnshire Fens, but one tale that I've heard multiple times is the legend of Black Shuck, more commonly known as Hairy Jack. Oh no. <laughs> he was believed to have been brought over to England during the Viking invasion, and he would often appear on lonely open roads or drifting through the mist across marshes. Eyewitness accounts would describe Harry Jack as being an omen of death, the size of a horse, flaming red eyes with teeth bared and dripping jowls. Despite this gruesome depiction of the hound, some people saw Harry Jack or Black Shuck as a protective spirit who would accompany defenceless maids who travelled alone at night. Jack, have you ever been to Lincolnshire? Uh, I can't be <laughs> revealing that information. <laughs> for, for the benefit of listeners, Jack has a very full beard. I, I would just like, like to say I think the second description where Harry Jack is portrayed as a, a nicer person I think is more accurate. Yeah. I think that's... Protective spirit. Yeah, yeah it it's definitely sounds more like... Although, have you and Black Shark been seen in the same room? I don't think so. <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny that statement. Liddy also says that she's been loving the soundscapes, which have been lovely to listen to first thing before work. Uh, the good, uh, that's a good opportunity to plug our sound escapes, which are broadcast every Friday or released every Friday. And they just offer a little taste of the current season, wildlife sounds, sounds of nature, just so you can escape into the countryside, however busy you are. Jack, you must have Sound of the Week then. Yes, I have Sound of the Week this week. It's from Freya Lundgren. Apologies if I've pronounced that wrong. And uh, she's got in touch to say uh, that she came across our podcast back in 2019. So one of our original listeners, I guess. And she's got in touch because she was while she was planning uh, for an upcoming trip back to the UK in 2019, she uh, stumbled across the podcast. She mentions about her trip and how she saw beautiful wild badgers wandered through a new native forest in her home country of Hertfordshire. And she also explored Northumberland's spectacular coastline. She says in more recent times, the podcast has been there to comfort her during the isolation of lockdown. And she thanks us again for our most recent series and also says that she's seriously considering taking up angling, which is not a hobby she ever thought would take her fancy. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so she sent in a clip recorded outside her house at 7.30 in the morning. And it's a sulphur-crested cockatoo hanging upside down from the telegraph wire whilst fending off an attack by two noisy miners. And it's apparently a daily battle and the poor cockatoo never seems to learn its lesson. So yeah, Freya is, that's a brilliant letter. And Freya's from Sydney, Australia, hence the cockatoo. Wild cockatoos in your back garden. Well, we can't quite compete with that, but um, we've got some sparrows here. So um, brilliant. What a lovely thing. Please do keep sending in your sounds of the week to us. We will play them in our future series, this being our last in this current series. So we will keep playing them and we just love hearing them. They're so much fun. So I've said, yes, it is our last last in the series and we're going to be returning as soon as possible in the spring, in a couple of weeks' time, with spring across Britain, where we're going to try to get around to as many different wild habitats as possible, from sort of downland to mountaintop to moorland to coast, and record little adventures 
capturing the soundscapes of those places and hopefully meeting lots of really interesting people along the way. So that should give us a little weekly picture of spring as it unfurls till um, till about the end of June, really. And then we'll be back with something else beyond that. Um, but before we go, there is um, something I need to clarify before we finish this season. We were, and we trailed a podcast about uh, a river local to me in uh, just north of the Brecon Beacons. And it was a river that had been badly polluted. And I was hoping to tell the story in this water season of what happened. So it's a beautiful little river, the Llunvi, and it was you know, very preciously looked after by the Gwent Angling Society and several other bodies. And it was seriously polluted back in July 2020. And there's an investigation. And I was hoping that the investigation by Natural Resources Wales would have concluded by now, but they're still looking into it. So we can't really publish that podcast until there's a little bit more detail but it would be good to tell the whole story somewhere down the line. So keep listening. We will cover that story. And so our new season, anything in particular you you guys are hoping to catch this spring? You, you two. I just want to, I just want to hang out with you two in real <laughs> life and just speak to you and like, like be, be real people. To yes. See you through my real eyes and not through a screen. That would be good. Yeah. It feels very hopeful. This next series It's very much. Yes. Uh, sort of all life coming back after winter everything's warming up the potential of us finally being able to talk not in the virtual studio and uh being next to each other would be it's just something it's really something to look forward to i think one one i'm looking forward to doing with you both is um heading to the somerset levels we're hoping to catch up with some bitterns booming and lots of other brilliant wildlifey sounds from the reed beds there Plus there's some really great history and mystery and all sorts of fantastic things to uncover. And hopefully Hannah's first ever cuckoo. Fingers crossed. And it's one of the most wildlife-rich places you can go to in spring. And other places that we're hoping to go to, we'll definitely have Kevin Parr back. He is looking for adders on a rare sort of coastal scrubby habitat down in his native Dorset. I'm hoping that I can take you both to my absolute favourite place in the world, which I'm not going to reveal again here, but you're going to love it. So that's it for our water season, but it's not totally goodbye because every Friday you can catch up with our lovely sound escapes. But for now, from the podcast, it's farewell from me and the team. Whether it's gloriously sunny or a spring downpour, you can always get outdoors with regatta. So what are you waiting for? Find a route, grab your walking shoes and start exploring. Regatta Great Outdoors offers all types of performance footwear, from technical hiking boots for regular ramblers to durable walking shoes for the whole family. With waterproof and breathable qualities, shock-absorbing comfort and superior grip, Regatta footwear is designed to withstand whatever challenges Mother Nature throws your way. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com.